What's up, guys? Liat here. I just wanted to give you guys some 411, the scoop, the deets, you know, all that. Right now, our collective is getting ready to start for fall on August 24th. We meet twice a week and cover every single item you would ever need to know on the task list. So if you're studying for your BCBA or BCABA exam, sign up now. Don't miss out on this. We have the best time ever community. We cover everything you need to know in a fun, relatable, and obviously bitchy style because we are the bitches. So check that out. And speaking of the bitches, we have something exciting to share with you. Dun, dun, dun. The Behavior Bitches Talk the Task List audio files are out. Casey and I go through every single item in order on the task list and tell you exactly what you need to know with real relatable examples and different ways to remember the items. This is over eight and a half hours of recording that you could listen to while you drive, breastfeed, workout, you fill in the blank for whatever else you want to do while listening to us. Hope you enjoy. You could find all this at www.studynotesaba.com. Study notes ABA. ABA in a little X right away. It's behavior bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. And we are here with episode 61. Sorry, Casey, move on over. I'm making the rhyme today. Episode 61, having a BFF on the show is so much fun. And I'm not referring to you. Today, wow. yeah, ouch. <laughs> ouch. Today, I am so excited for our guest and I love her very, very, very much. But before we get into my BFF, that's not you who's on the show today, why don't we start pairing with some reinforcement, get ourselves pumped up, engage in some high P behavior because you know we love reading these reviews and tell us the review of the day. All right. So I will tell you what, you know what, looking at these reviews too is also my favorite part, but every single time I go to check right before like a episode to like pull one, I always am like, is there going to be like a one star? Like these bitches suck. So luckily that's never happened except for peanut butter and jelly, but it's always something that I'm like apprehensive about. And like, honestly, I'll read those if they do come, but don't come. We like, no, wait, stars. Katie, no, we will not. We're not going to reinforce that behavior. Please okay, do okay, not do that. Okay. Leave us five stars. No pressure. Just go do it. And you must do it or else I'll effing be pissed. I'm just kidding. Okay, go. Tell us. <laughs> All right. So this is an awesome one. It's um, a breath of fresh ABA air um, by share BX 2021. I am a special education teacher, wife, mother to six and Grammy to nine amazing kiddos. A few years ago, I went back to school to get my master's in special education. I loved my ABA classes so much that I finished my master's and went on to finish my ABA coursework. I should complete my 1500 hours this December and sit for my exam in January slash February. My supervisor recommended this podcast just before I left on a 13 hour road trip. I, end up, I ended up binge listening to it the entire time. Love these girls, mean it. I've since signed up for the fall SNABA collective to prepare for my exam. I am so excited. Hashtag inspired, hashtag pay it forward, hashtag Patreon slash behavior bitches. Well, share if that's your name or whatever username you go by. Kudos to you for going back and doing your studies. Amazing as a grandmother, a mother, a wife, everything. We love you. That's amazing. I can't wait to meet you in the fall collective. 
So exciting. And thank you for being a Patreon. That is means so much to us. Every time we see that and we see people supporting our Patreon, we're like, wow, this can't be real that people are donating money every month to support us to keep bitching on this Behavior Bitches podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Anyways, guys, leave us a five-star review so we can read yours later on. All right. Okay. I'm excited for today. Thank you for the review, Casey. That was beautiful, but we have business to get to because again, move on over. I have a best friend here. I'm going to introduce her and then I'm going to break her name out. Okay. To make it a little more exciting. I don't know if break her name out, but like what YOLO, you know, it's 2020, anything goes. So the guest today, a lot of people actually met her at study stock. And by met her, I mean, we're obsessed with her presentation and fangirling after it. And I realized I got to protect my my name here because she's so cool that everyone's going to love her. But that's fine because she's my best friend. So I take the pride too. And this person, okay, I'm just going to say her name. Jordan, Jordan Litt, everyone. Jordan Litt is here with us today. Jordan is a BCBA and a licensed behavior analyst in New York. And she could tell you more about that. But more on a personal note. Jordan is a great friend of mine, and we met in Austin, Texas, and someone made an introduction to us on Facebook. She could respond to this in one second after I finished making this intro and was like, hey, you're both Jewish, and you're both, I think, doing that behavior stuff with kids. You guys should meet. And did they start, I think this person was our CMOT bringing us together at the time to a tool we needed. Did I use that wrong? I see Jordan already like rolling her eyes at me. I might be wrong yet. Whatever point of that she was our contact. I was trying to be too behavioral. She was our contact and started a three-way chat on Facebook Messenger. And we're like, oh, hey, you're Jewish. Oh, you're kosher. Cool, me too. Oh, you do ABA, me too. Oh, wait, you live in the building next door? Like literally probably 20 steps from each other. And that was the beginning of our friendship. And I like to pride myself that at the time I was doing my FIT coursework, and Jordan was ahead of me in the process, and she had already finished her supervision. She was studying for her boards to be a BCBA, and we were new friends, and I'd be like, hey, you're studying? Let me teach this to you, or now you teach this to me. And I would ask these questions. So I think that she was really my first Study Notes ABA student before Study Notes ABA even was a student, even though she was a behavior analyst first. So Jordan, welcome, baby, to the show. Thanks for having me on. Um, hi, hi, Case. Um, I mean, okay. you're like the biggest hype man ever. I wish you could just follow me around in my ear. Maybe we'll just have to like stay on the phone all day and you can just tell me good things about me. We kind of do. Right? We kind of do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, no, that story of how we met is, uh, you know. Wasn't I it Gabby? Really Gabby Lewin? Side note. Yeah. Hi, Gabby. <laughs> hi, Gabby. Shout out to you. Um, yeah, she introduced us. Um and yeah, that was it. And then we worked together for a little bit. And then you, you know, convinced me to break some of my own rule governed behaviors, um, sneak things into hospitals for you. And <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like really sick when I was doing my hours for anyone who doesn't know, like I literally got like a half hour by half hour toward my hours because I couldn't work full time and I was so sick. And Jordan, by the way, guys, I should have made that in her intro. She is the most rule follower I think more than Casey that I've ever met in my entire life, which is that's crazy. <laughs> pretty rule governed. Yeah. <laughs> and 
I'm talking like if it says like stand six feet away from someone, she's probably using a ruler. Um, and yeah, so I was in the hospital and I'd be like, I would be on these drugs and I am known for when I'm on these drugs in the hospital to make heavy requests for different foods that I want. And it's like no shame. And I think I sent Jordan like the longest list ever. And I'm like, yeah, so she, you tell it, Jordan. Oh, right. I mean, you you had the story right before. Yeah, you were in the hospital and I was like, oh no, you know, is there anything I can do? And you're like, yes. And I'm like, okay. So you sent me this long list of obscure things, like a special like Teddy Graham's favorite uh, flavor was either like cinnamon sugar or some like graham cracker one. Which is weird. So, I've like never eaten those. <laughs> it was like random. In the moment. Yeah, random requests. And I'm like, okay, you know, like I, I got all the stuff from H-E-B. She's like, great, text me when you're in the parking lot and I'll give you my room number. So I, you know, I pull up to the parking lot, I text her. I figure there's some sort of protocol, you know, whatever. She has to like get me to go up to where she is. And she's like, okay, now take all of the snacks out of the grocery bags and put them in your backpack. And I'm, because I'm not allowed to have any of this. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was already like in the parking lot of the hospital and I'd already bought all of these snacks. And then I was like, oh man, she's make me break all these rules. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm not really supposed to bring food in. And I was like, oh my God, now I'm going to take her out. This is going to be it. This is going to be what really does her in this time. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Once you are in the hospital for a while, you become casual. You're like, I already know that my stomach, it's not a stomach issue this time. So like, <laughs> and I already know because I've already come into contact before. I've eaten before when I've had other CTs and x-rays and they've been fine. So I don't need to listen to the rules. You know, I'm, I'm the rebel. You are the rebel. Yeah. What, is, help, what, what was that? My friends, that Jordan, book what was better the, than before. Um, Better than before, but oh. that was what it was, right? We did that CEU on. Um, yes. Uh, what type were you? It's your oh, five yeah, tendencies, no. right? No, it, it was, was better four. than before. I was a rebel. Jordan was a. Okay, the point is they are both oh, like, upholders. Upholders. Upholders, yes. But I think, Casey, you were like an obliger, maybe? Yes. Like I do it. I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. And I, I just hate people are mad at me. And Liat was mad at me yesterday. It was the worst day of my life. So I'm so glad we're back on. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> it was the worst day of our entire life. But I just want you guys to know that we are human too. We're real raw and we'll keep it real for you. Yesterday was rough, but we're back at it and in love as ever. So everyone calm down. Mom and dad are staying together. So for today's episode... And I was kidding, Casey, you are my best friend, too. It's just like Jordan. I was like, is this one where you randomly the next day want to bring on your best friend? <laughs> your best friend. Fucking Carol. No, fucking Jordan. Carol. Everyone. All right, so. Kidding. Just kidding. It was just fun. Guys, we're being, this is, I'm telling you, 2020 is getting to my fucking head. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. Today's episode is going to be really casual because this is going to be I didn't know what to call it. We were thinking like three behavior analysts walk into a bar, um, just shooting the shit. And there's a few different topics I wanted to cover. So, and then there's some topics that I haven't even planned that we're going to cover. So I could tell you that behavioral principles that we are going to cover today are, I'm just assuming there will be reinforcement because the world only runs on reinforcement, <laughs> punishment, extinction. We'll probably talk about what else, guys? Motivating operations. Probably a little of um, antecedent interventions, environmental manipulations. Maybe some ethics because Jordan's a rule follower. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll see where this goes. We, 
Yeah, verbal behavior. Jordan loves verbal behavior. And oh my God, did I forget to mention big breaking news? I'm sorry, guys, to cut off where I was, but did you guys know Jordan is building out the entire CEU side of Study Notes ABA? So you guys will all have access to Jordan's brain and building the best BCBAs very soon at a computer near you. This is so exciting, I have to say, and I just have to give her credit for this. She has been probably looking at a presentation that she's been building on just man's for, I want to say, like over six months. Not six. It's more like, it took me like, you know, what, probably like six weeks, maybe like two months. The manding one is done though. We're done. On Don't that. be my buzzkill who like kills my exaggeration. That is like... <laughs> All right, sort of six, feels months, like, six months to do one CEU, we'd be here like forever. They would never get the CEUs. Five ever. So we're, we're really excited for that to drop. And a lot of people who love study notes ABA don't want to leave after the collective, but you don't have to because our CEUs are coming to you very soon. So we're excited for that. Now, today I had some ideas for this episode, how it could go. And again, we're just going to YOLO and see where it does go. But I kind of wanted to go back to basics. I know sometimes we've got some feedback like, hey, some people are studying for the test, but then we also have my uncle who's a pediatrician listening in Australia. And he's like, I just want you to know, like, as someone outside, like, I'm not understanding what you guys are talking about. Maybe you should break it down more like you did in the beginning episodes. So we're just trying to appeal to multiple audiences here and provide you guys some entertainment at the same time. So I kind of wanted to go through and see play a little bit of a game and I'm going to ask you guys questions and we'll see how you answer. Okay. Because they have not been given these questions before. And I want to do this because I think it's also a great exercise. If you are someone who is practicing ABA or you're trying to understand what it is, you're a parent or you are um, looking to pursue it and you meet someone at a bar and someone asks you what you do. So that's the point of this game. So you can answer. Okay. Jordan, you're a BCBA. What is a BCBA? Who am I talking to? You are talking to, good, good question. Jordan's discriminating which audience she's speaking to. Okay, so you are speaking to a, someone who works in sales, um, pharmaceutical sales at a bar, go. Pharmaceutical sales. Okay. Um, so usually I just start by saying I am a BCBA, which means board certified behavior analyst. And then I usually wait like two to three seconds for, you know, some sort of response or tell on their face. Because if um, what I've noticed a lot is when people ask what I do and I say I'm a BCBA, there's one of two reactions. You get a blank stare, like I have no idea what initials you just gave me, um, nor do I know what you elaborated on that acronym is, or they're like, oh, and then they go into some personal story. So, you know, there's a part of me, I feel like where I try to almost pair with people um, because sometimes, um, I mean, the conversation can get dry if I'm just going on about something that I'm super passionate about, but people don't understand. So to prevent myself from like getting super nerdy, um, and losing friends, I le first like to see their reaction. Um, and then if they don't know what it is, I say, well, what I do is I look at the environment 
and I see what the environment does to different individuals in different settings. And then primarily right now, or you know, if I'm you know working with individuals on the autism spectrum, I would say, you know, I look at the environment and I see what's going on. And if there are issues between, you know, you know, maybe they're having trouble communicating with their parents. Again, you know, I'm using terminology that they're going to understand. Um, I would say things, you know, I help them to learn how to communicate. But if I'm talking to somebody that has an idea, I would say, yeah, you know, you know, if they give me some insight, like, oh, my cousin, you know, he was diagnosed with autism and he, uh, you know, he has, oh, that therapist that comes in. And I'm sometimes I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's what I do. Um, because typically that's like the part where you lose someone anyway, even if they know what you do. Um, yeah. And I think I try not to get too long winded. I used to get really long winded in it. And then I realized I was only like impressing myself with my own verbal behavior. So it was almost becoming like an autoclitic. That's great. And that's actually ethical, right? You are supposed to, um, explain what you are doing in non-jargony language. You're not supposed to be a dick and just say, you know, like, well, technically I'm looking at the antecedents that evoke is depending on the motivating operation in the moment. We don't know what's happening. And so that is perfect, Jordan. I am very proud of you. Now, Casey, okay, my question for you. We're playing a game here. If someone I get, asks, I get the game, I like Yeah, this. it's a game. It's a game. I wish I knew about the game, but it's cool. I'll roll with it's it. It's a drinking game, okay? Oh, you drink sure. your water that's in front of you. Yeah, water. There we go. So if someone asked you, Casey, what do you do in one sentence? What would you say? I would say we um, use reinforcement, punishment, and extinction to solve everyday problems, basically, in, any, in anyone's life. Okay, that's a, that's a good one. Because everyone knows like reinforcement and everyone knows what punishment is. No, but I'm not I think sure if everyone they don't. Knows what extension. Actually, Maybe they no, don't. No, I don't actually think people know reinforcement unless they associate a sticker. Like people generally do not know negative reinforcement is still increasing a behavior mm. by removing something. <laughs> well, we definitely look at why people do what they do um, and use our amazing science to figure that That's out. That's a good right? sentence. I like that a lot. Okay, I think I would say, since I'm playing the game too. Okay, Leah, <laughs> let me ask you. What would you say? if? Okay, I want this. How about if you're saying it to um, a parent? And they're like, what the F do you really do? Like, these RBTs or these, you know, direct training people are coming in every day and they're the kid's therapist, but what do you do as a BCBA? All right. So... What we do is we want to improve individuals' quality of life, whether it is, you know, uh, working on communication, working on, you know, dressing yourself, going to the toilet, you know, social skills. We look at where there are different behaviors that we want to increase or behaviors that we want to decrease, you know, some maladaptive behaviors. And we do this by utilizing positive reinforcement, you know, which is that we are doing something to increase the behaviors we like to see. So it's very individualized. um, And we work to, you know, skills that are, that we, you know, we know are important for the individual to have a meaningful, hashtag people studying, socially significant, applied, right, outcome. 
as well as, you know, what, what, what does this person need to succeed? What does the family need? What, what's going to benefit the family that they could now communicate with their child or whatever it is. And I also, if it wasn't in the autism setting, I, I think I would explain to anyone, I do the coolest shit ever. I can understand why anyone does what they do, why any animal does what they do based on these. I'd be like, it's basically a cult. <laughs> no, but it is like a totally different way of thinking. And I think it's like, I have a special, so that's what I say to parents, but I know I cut off, but you have a special relationship with your friends who are BCBAs because you're speaking the same language, right? Absolutely. Like, like I know when I, even when I go to a psychologist, then I'm like talking to them, talking about my feelings. I'm talking to them like so annoying as a behavior analyst. I'm like, so I do this, even though it's really like, I know I'm reinforcing this person's behavior and blah, 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 blah. But I want to ask you guys that next. We're all BCBAs. I know when we talk to each other, I could answer that for anyone that we do talk to each other in very behavioral language. Um, as a BCBA, how heavily into your everyday life does being this behavior analyst go? I mean, I can go first. It's once you see through this lens, you do not see anything else except like how behaviors work in the environment. Like every single thing that I do, like setting my alarm to wake up in the morning. I'm like, this is the controlling response for the controlled uh, behavior. Like all these different things in, in like self-management, um, just anything that I do all day long, like whether it's keeping um, track of food or exercising, the duration I work out, the latency it took me to, um, you know, put my seekers on from the time that I said I'm going to do it, uh, just everything. I, I, I know just, actually, I mean, my mind thinks of that all the time. I'm not like actually timing that, but I'll be like, I mean, I guess oh, I, ding, 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 ding. Too. I, I was like, are you legit taking data on the amount of time from like when you wake up to put your shoes on? Because that's <laughs> wild. And also like you notice like, oh, anytime whether you'll, you'll notice things of your own behavior that you're like, wow, you know, this behavior was definitely, um, reinforced because I'm doing it more often. Right. Or like, shit, that one time I said this, I got in trouble, whether it's like with a friend or whoever, it's like, I'm never going to say that again. Like, cool. Like, and that's like, my behavior's punished because in the future it's decreased. Um, that's just kind of for me where my brain, you're always like tacting, you're always like tacting mm -hmm. what's happening in the environment. Like just like mm -hmm. labeling. She yes. just reinforced his behavior by sending that picture. Mm -hmm. All right, George. Yeah. Well, in, I feel like talking ABA jargon has either been punished severely or put on extinction <laughs> when I'm home. Um, it's not because they don't care, but it's because, you know, I could do it like 24 seven and, you know, since the beginning of March, I've been living with my parents again, and there are seven of us in the same house. And I'm, you know, pretty much the only one that really, you know, speaks ABI. So, you know, I've realized pretty quickly, it's not gonna, you know, fly me talking pretty much a different language to everybody. Um, but I think, I mean, I do think about it. I think about it constantly. I mean, I rescued a dog a year ago. And I mean, shout every out day. to Moose. Shout out to yeah. Moose. Go shout out to Moose. Instagram. <laughs> Green at Greenpoint Moose, if you want to follow him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he came to us and we knew nothing about him. We saw a picture on Instagram and we messaged this company. Shout out to Louis Legacy and the dog matchmaker. Um, and we're like, we need this dog. You know, my boyfriend and I have never owned a dog alone without, you know, being a family dog. We're like, we need him. We get him, we like bring him to the park. We're so excited. And 
he starts lunging and barking at all the other dogs. And we're like, oh no, like we don't like, we're, we're totally, you know, whatever. And we're like, oh, maybe he just got scared. You know, we just got the dog, brought him to a park with a bunch of other dogs. Like whoever thought that wasn't a good idea. And so with him every day, I feel like I'm thinking it just because we've had to really look at things from like a macro level so much so that I actually, I felt like I was being like a really good BCBA by getting an amazing dog trainer. Um, her name is Danny at Urban Canine. If you're located in Brooklyn or New York City, I feel like I'm plugging all these people. Yeah, I was like, like hashtag ad, hashtag ad, ad. <laughs> No, I've, I, I love them so much. They've, all these people have been so instrumental and like changed our lives and they do. So like, you're a behavior things. analyst and you hired a dog trainer? I did. I did. Um, and Same. part of the reason <laughs> was, well, it was because I couldn't, I was too into it. I mean, not only, I mean, I wasn't running behavior analysis, but, and, and so obviously there's a partner ethical code where, you know, you can't provide services to individuals in your family or ones you're related with, or, you know, ones you've close ties to. But even that, like, I realized how tough it was to make objective decisions about like what was best for, you know, Moose. And so what we did is we got a trainer and, you know, I remember I called a bunch of trainers and I was like, oh, let me like, you know, not let them take advantage of me. And I kind of judged the trainer on how they reacted to me being a behavior analyst. And there were actually a few dog trainers that I spoke to that were like, oh, well, it's different with dogs. And I'm like, mm, okay, thank you. And, you know, they were trying Dude, to I paid in advance. Of course you did the research. I'm like such a lazy ass. It was like MO in that moment. Like, I got to stop these dogs from effing running out the door. So I find someone, hire her, pay her for six sessions in advance. She comes here. I'm like, this is not behavior. Like, this is not behavior analysis. Crap. Like, but I'm too emotionally attached to Pav to, like, actually do it myself. If he could crawl up your ass, you would let him. No, Pav, <laughs> if he could go, like... In my womb, I always say that yeah. he would. He yeah. like is obsessed with me. Like we share a chair at all times. Like <laughs> it's out the window. I mean, if Moose could fit on my chair, he would be on my chair. Um, but yeah, no. So that was like my biggest wake up call to me trying to run ABA like in my daily life, but realizing like I actually need somebody else who's more objective. And like I've never like worked with in the facet of applying like ABA to animals. So I also was like, well, you know, I don't, you know, I I know the contingencies, right? I know the consequences I can apply. I know the antecedent manipulations that I can control, but this isn't like my experience. So this is where, you know, I'm like, you know what? I need someone else. This is what Casey always says, scope of practice, right? Our scope of practice, we could do any of these things, right? Like you could be working with, um, we could apply a behavior analysis to anything, which is so cool, any living organism, but scope of competence is like, do you actually have experience in animal training? And yeah, when you love your dog so much, it's also hard. Yeah, no. And and we, I tried, like I was listening to every single like dog podcast, dog like training. And I was like, okay, this is literally what I'm doing. There's something missing. I know. Um, no offense. You sent me like every podcast. You're like, well, yeah, listen to this. I'm like, it's an hour and a half. And you've sent me like literally 33. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, my dad. That. That's, how, that's how motivated I was, though. I was, like, super motivated. So I was like, you know what? Like, we're going to get a good trainer. We had to wait a little while for, like, one that was going to, like, work for us, which was well worth it. I mean, I, I won't lie. Like, the weeks leading up to the trainer coming, I was like, only three more days. Only, like, two more days. One more week. Like, two more walks. Like, because it was, I mean, he's a 55-pound Australian Shepherd who, like, he's, the reason he was engaging in so much problem behavior, I'll put on my 
behavior analysis cap was because um, he was like never exposed as a puppy to like a lot of the noises. And we, we live in like the city, so it's pretty loud. Um, city of New York, sorry. Um, <laughs> and he was really scared. So he was like lashing out and like trying to bite and attack other dogs because he was really nervous. So we think he was like never exposed to other dogs either. Um, and so like there was a lot going on. So for a while it was, you know, pretty hairy. Um, no I, intended. Yeah, exactly. And, but now he's a, the sweetest little angel. He's still very scared. He just doesn't take it out or, you know, try and bite other dogs. So that's good. So what was like the main intervention that changed the behavior? A punishment procedure. <laughs> no, but I think I think it's important to not make that so, so, so taboo because, you know, granted, you know, obviously we always want to use, you know, reinforcement, antecedent manipulation. We also want to use extinction when we can. But I think it's also important to talk about the side of like sometimes. And I forgot somebody at Study South was talking about this. You know, sometimes punishment is necessary. And when you have like, you know, me, like I'm five foot one and you know, when you have a 55 pound dog running at the, you know, pulling at the other end of a leash, trying to bite other dogs, that's, that's the time when you probably need some, you know, punishers. So we did, we didn't do no punishers hurt him. Um, if anyone really wants to know, we had a spray bottle full of water. Um, and we just sprayed him in the face with some water. And he was like, Oh, and then he like stopped. <laughs> and now if we, um, if he ever gets like iffy again, um, we just bring the spray bottle with us. And he's like, oh. like, that's so stimulus just is enough. Yeah, just now even the sight of it. Um, and then- Wait, so you, what? what is that behaviorally? What when you mean? see the sight of something and now you're already having that response? Well, it's an, for- it's an SD because if he, you know, it's an SD for punish. It's like an SDP. SDP. Yeah, it's an SDP. Could it be a CMOR or no? Like signaling things are going to get worse? Well- well, I know you like the CMOR. That's why I'm asking about it, guys. And that's a condition motivating operation reflexive, which makes escape valuable. Right. It just makes turning off that stimulus valuable, right? So I'm going to gauge in any behavior that previously offset it. But if we're on a walk, the only thing that's going to offset the water bottle going away is us going home. So it, there's nothing that Moose can do to turn off like because the, the best way to think about the, the CMOR is like just applying it back to Skinner. Right, if the water bottle is the tone and the spray is the shock, um, then like there's it's I hear hard, what you're saying. Hard, so it's just yeah. like a straight up SDP, like yeah, yeah. So he he knows even when he like sometimes forgets. And we actually had it's funny we had to like um, sort of operationally define when we were gonna you know apply the punisher or not because there were some and and now our de- our operational definition has changed because. Now he's getting like excited when he's seeing other dogs and it's a different sound of like noise that he's making. So we even had to like recategorize our definition of like, okay, this is when we're like going to, you know, spray him with the water bottle. And this is when we're going to let him make a noise because we don't want to teach him that he can never make any noises like any precursors because just like you know many individuals that we work with it's better to be able to know that something big is going to come like a big problem behavior or you know something that you're going to have to handle versus it just coming and obviously i'm going to say coming out of nowhere but i don't mean coming out of nowhere just without any sort of signal so you know now we there's some signals we let him do because we didn't want to punish all of him telling us like i'm uncomfortable Cause that was part of it. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to say, I'm uncomfortable. Like get me out of here. He was trying to man. Exactly. But he's, you know, a dog. 
And again, like with our clients that we work with, we want to let them know that their behavior does have power. So especially with those that can't communicate um, effectively um, or have difficulties, it's those like precursor behaviors where you're like, hey, I see you. I see you. I hear you. I got you. Right. Versus like, I don't need to like bang my head off this table for you to like get me out of the situation. And anyone listening, I want you to know that we are not comparing, you know, like individuals, children, adults that we're working with to dogs. But the cool thing about behavior analysis is that we understand behavior of a living organism in general. So the crazy thing about the world is, or once you get this angle on behavior analysis, it's it's like, oh my God, everyone, a goldfish, a dog, a, a human, a child, whatever it is, there's always a function behind the behavior. And that's what we're essentially looking at. And, you know, you, you would do a different intervention for a dog than you would do for an individual, but you still are able to look at these core components that are going into why the behavior is continuing. Like what's well, I was even going to say for you, like, like little like precursors that I see in we're working with you, like, you know, we'll, we're on zoom together basically all day working. And, you know, I'll see these like little like precursors of like her eyes are, you know, getting a little bit heavy. Um, she's like, you know, whether she's like rubbing her head or whatever it is, which is signaling, like she might be coming into a flare up or she might need to take a nap. So like, it's like, all right, Leah, like, go, go take a rest. And she's like, how do you know? I'm like, I can see the little behaviors that are occurring. And I feel like both of you guys are always telling me like, go (laughs) take a rest. Like Jordan's always like, yeah, okay. Like go take your day easy or something. And I'm like, everyone like telling me to rest. No, it's great friends though. Yeah. Yeah. We're identifying your precursors because we've seen, we've seen what happens when you, you uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and it did kind of go off from like, oh, how do you apply ABA in your life? I just feel like for the past year, I've literally like, you know, when we go on walks, I take him on walks five times a day. Apparently that's a lot. I didn't realize. Um, but we go on, on our five times a day. It's like constantly like, you know, I have my bag of like reinforcers and, you know, we do, we do our thing. I, you know, it is, it's crazy how life, you just see it through this whole behavioral lens. But I also think that's important for us to talk about. So is it like all applied behavior analysis or nothing? Okay. So I think a lot of people are like, and I do think behavior analysis can get a bad name or BCBAs because it's like, in one sense, I get it. I do feel like understanding behavior is a, a superpower. It's like, you could explain so many simple things that you see. You're like, oh my God, like a friend comes to you. And it's like, I don't know why none of this product I have is selling. And you're like, well, who are you trying to sell it to? You know, like who's, what's the MO for these people? Like, do they actually need it? Or um, are you offering something? You know, you're always looking at these behavioral things. And I do feel like it's a superpower in in one sense, right? You could, because you could generalize it to so many settings, sales, business, uh, you know, uh, animal training, you know, working with, you know, behaviors of kids or whatever it is. But at the same time, I kind of want to talk about is that does that mean that we are applied behavior analysis or nothing? That's what I want to ask you guys. What is and I I already know your point of views, but I'm asking for anyone listening. Okay. (laughs) So what do you guys think about that in terms of there are people who are like applied behavior analysis does it all. What do you guys think when it comes to working with other professions? If someone, you know, kid has speech therapy or OT, what are your thoughts on that? Jord? 
Oh, um, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if it was like it. Okay. She's so rule governed um, that I have to say, Jordan, go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I need that ST. Um, no, I think, well, I don't think it's uh, all or nothing. And I also don't think that ABA can do everything. What I do think about ABA, and I feel like I'm like channeling Skinner right now, right? He talks about like the social significance. And, you know, when we think about it, like everything that we do needs to be socially significant. So is it all or nothing? No, you know, maybe there are some things we do in life that like aren't socially significant, but they kind of like are. Because the only reason we're doing something is because we actually had a history of either like reinforcement, like which is like getting something or removal of something that, you know, either we wanted to get to us or like removed from us or, you know, extinction, you know, there's the behaviors are no longer meeting that like good feeling or reinforcer. So, you know, we're going to stop doing that behavior or maybe we meet like a pun punisher as a consequence. So like, you know, something's either added or taken away that like makes you kind of feel bad. Um, you know, again, using mentalistic terminology, but, um, you know, I think that knowing that and knowing that that's the role and understanding that ABA plays in life. It's hard not to say that ABA is in everything, but do I think you have to be all like or nothing? DPT, with, like this great trial training. No, because that's not that's not life, right? Like you know, if and and this is something that I think I'm trying to think of the first time I heard Dr. McGreevy talk. But the first time I heard Dr. McGreevy talk. When the way he explained the rationale for developing the EFL, the essential for living, and, you know, also how as practitioners, we should look at it, like my practice was immediately changed. I was like, oh, my God, I was so, you know, but it was even, I mean, maybe even before that, Leah, when we started working together at SeaTac, right? Um, like when I learned that I could sit there and start pairing with an individual and sit like and get them to like me before having to make them do things they don't like. And by do things they don't like, it was usually, you know, teaching skills where, you know, the skill area was like, um, like there was a deficit. I didn't understand how ABA was applicable to the real world. And that was obviously before I understood, you know, like Skinner and verbal behavior and understanding MOs as much as I do now. And I still have a lot to learn in that aspect, but it's hard to say there's like, yes, DTT all day is, it's not realistic. Like nobody does that all day. So you don't have to do that and you, nor should you, but it's, it's hard. Like we were saying earlier, it's hard not to see it in everything once you can understand it. And then, you know, with other professions, we need them because we need, like, there are things that like, I don't understand about, you know, the human body and the kinesiology or kinesthetics. I think that's how you say it. Um, like within the body, which like an occupational therapist or a, a physical therapist can help with. There's things about, you know, facial and tongue movements and language that, you know, even somebody that loves Skinner's analysis of verbal behavior and verbal behavior, I know where my, you know, strengths stop when it comes to actual, like, you know, moving of where, the mouth. Where do I massage production. on the face? Where do I make their tongue go? Like, well, right. That. But that, you know, I can only implement things that are going to be behavior analytic and empirically based in that sense. A speech language pathologist might be able to implement therapies that I can't. Um, or that I wouldn't be able to and looking at what knowledge can I bring to help I feel like I learned that a lot as a consultant and working in you know different school districts or different programs and working with even you know just professionals um, you know 
it was it was one level removed i feel like even from being a pcva whereas like an rbt is working directly or a direct care provider and then you have a bcba which is supervising then as a consultant i was pretty much teaching and training the bcba and or teacher to implement you know aba based strategies depending on like the setting we were in and i feel like that was helpful in seeing how much you need other people to like understand and buy in as much as like I've bought in, you know, it's like, and like you're joking, like a cult, but it kind of, and it's not like behavior analysis for the cult, but it's trying to figure out how can I get somebody to love being able to see this side of understanding of why things are happening and then want to be able to change the things for social significance. And you can't do that if you're like, a jerk to everyone you meet and are like, well, you know, the terminology actually means, you know, and you're, you know, shutting people out because there is that barrier. And we always talk about dissemination. And I feel like some behavior analysts, like, and I, I was one of them before I understood how to like soften some of my edges. Um, that was like, well, I can only speak in, you know, behavior analytic terminology. So, you know, I'm going to call the app 45 times a day and, you know, we're going to sit and we're going to teach and like, we're going to bore everyone <laughs> um, with like our, just our behavior analytic talk because like, we just felt like so cool or like we felt good about being able to use it. But part of, I think also being like a well-rounded BCBA is also knowing when to like not use it, but use it like implicitly that any of that makes sense. Totally. And I want to hear what you have to say, Casey, but the the one thing that when when you were just saying, I just want to piggyback on is I don't think it's just, I don't think it's like, oh no, you don't need, you don't, don't go to speech therapy because you go to ABA. Don't go to this because you go to ABA. Like don't go to the dentist because you go to ABA. But I do think like, I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty radical behaviorist in terms of seeing it in everything. Like a family friend just opened a pediatric dentist office and I'm like, what's the difference in your training? They're like, it's really behavioral, right? Because you are now working with kids who don't want someone drilling in their mouth. So you need to like, I'm like, so when I went into this new practice, I'm like, dude, do you guys realize what you could do here? Like, there's nothing here that makes it look kid friendly. Like, you need a huge prize wall. You need a huge prize wall they see before. And I'm talking like vending machines that they get a token that they get to put in it after and choose their prize. And, you know, you need to give out like a, a social story so they know what to expect, what's, what's going to happen. Or they need doors they could see through. So like they're not, you know, and it's just like, it's just really cool when you could I can't replace a dentist. I have no idea like what tooth 16 is versus tooth tooth seven, you know, but like, I think it just having that behavioral understanding, you could improve so many of these other areas, teaching, speech, even test prep. We've used behavior analysis to make our test prep. You know, it's, it's really cool. But Casey, tell me about your thoughts on whether behavior analysis is a replacement for these other therapies or, how you feel about this question that I ask here on my game show that I'm apparently playing. So it's actually, it's interesting because recently over since COVID hit, um, a neighbor of mine, she actually runs her own um, practice in my building. She's an occupational therapist and we've gotten super close by going out on the, uh, the boat together. Um, she's just one, a person that I've hung out with a lot during COVID and, um, it's interesting. We talk, we end up, we really do talk the same language when we're talking about behavior. Like we can shoot the shit all day. And even though she's not a BCBA, there's a lot of things. Cause I am not throwing out these crazy terms, but the things that we do all day, um, are very similar. And the thing that, um, 
what I like about when we have these conversations, um, it should be like, oh yeah, I have this kid and this is what we're working on. Oh my God. Um, is she disclosing HIPAA? I'm feeling very uncomfortable <laughs> right now. Zero disclosing. Um, but she'd be like, I just can't get instructional control. Like I've tried everything. I really think I'm referring him to. Wait, a she calls it instructional control. Yeah. <gasps> oh yeah. Cool. Cool. And, um, I mean, there's, it's a lot of like, um, just her being like, I need to refer to a BCBA. I need to tell a parent and show her goal. Her dream is like, she wants to have in her practice, um, a speech language pathologist, her and a BCBA. Um, cause she's like, we all go together and we all need each other. Um, and she's like, I'm the first to admit, like she goes, my, she has a lot of BCBA friends and she's like, yeah, you know, I'll tell them what I'm doing. And they're like, um, I don't believe in that. That's not evidence-based. And she like laughs about it. Um, but like, we need to play nice in the sandbox and we need to understand that something that she's doing is probably yes, beneficial to that kid right like we see things in a different way but it's not in a, a her raise wrong or whatever it may be um but we just you know great let's take some data on that and see what happens right data tells us everything that we need to know anyways um so i just love having these conversations with her us being you know completely in different um therapies but working with like a lot of the same clientele um, and how we can all work together so that's my kind of two cents on it i i think it's so interesting too because it's you know my, I'm just dropping best friends today. Like it's hot. <laughs> My Sick. other best friend, number 9,333, Nina, who was on episode two, please reference back. She is just finishing her uh, doctoral program to be a psychologist. And we talk about these things all the times too, because she's working with a lot of families and, you know, her approach, I think she said is more Freudian but she's always talking to me about these behavioral things because she's actually like giving strategies to parents. And she's like, first of all, I'm taking your collective, she told me. So I can't wait to have her there. And I'll obviously name drop her then too. But, you know. Wait, is this the one you had come to the collective and you like taught your best class you've ever taught? Because no, that was Bella and who uh, I forced into becoming a BCBA now. I sent her a <laughs> Cooper third edition book and I'm like, sign up. You have a master's, start taking your courses at FIT. Here's the link. And I'm like, I bought you this book. You're not going to make me waste my money, are you? So Bella, and I'm like, you really have a superpower. That was Bella. But no, Nina, Nina, you know Nina. Yeah, she I came know, on the yeah. episode, yeah, yeah, Freud yeah. versus Skinner. No, and, but it's like a lot of people are speaking the same language, but they're not realizing that they just aren't using the same terminology. I mean, we noticed that with that, um, we did that podcast on um, selective mutism. Mm-hmm with Dr. Kurtz and it's yeah. like everything he was saying, they just have different names for it. We're like that's shaping across topographies. And he's like, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that, but awesome. Wait, I feel like, um, I have such a good, uh, analogy for what you're saying, like where it's like the same language, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't sound the same. My, when I, so I studied abroad in Israel and when I lived in Israel, one of my roommates had celiac. So she oh my God, me too. And we went to every single restaurant and she'd be like, Lelo gluten, which means like, like I can't eat gluten, um, like celiac. And they'd be like, what? And she'd be like, Lelo gluten, celiac. And that was like the only phrase in Hebrew that she could speak to the waiter to try and like emphasize the fact, like, please, you know, make sure that my meal doesn't have any like traces of like gluten. They'd pull over all of these like Israelis and they'd be like, he speaks better English than I do. And she'd be like, no gluten, celiac. 
Dude, yeah. that is so Israel. That I couldn't have done happen. it better myself. It would happen like so many times. And eventually one poor like waiter or waitress after we'd gone through like the whole wait staff would come over and she'd be like, Lelo gluten, celiac. And they'd be like, oh, celiac, Lelo gluten, Ken Ken, which means like, yes. And they would walk away and we'd be like, was this like, like um, an Abbott and Costello, like, you know, stand up joke. I just might've like dated like my own sense of humor, but like through my dad's sense of humor by that one, but you know, dad jokes. Um, but who's on first? Yeah. 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 And, and it would just be hilarious because every time we would go out to dinner, this would be this thing. And it was like, we were saying the same thing. Like we were just putting in like an emphasis, like in a different syllable. And it was, it was really interesting. And I do feel like that really relates to like ABA, SLP, OT, PET, even like dentistry when you're working with, you know, either individuals with developmental disabilities or even like children. Um, it's funny because we all have the same, it's sometimes even the same word. It just comes out differently, which is how I, I always that, think that, about that it. Is, that is so true. And I mean, I, don't, I think that's like the best call I've ever heard. Literally, even when I go meet Ellie Rudd's family, it's like, yeah, so, you know, I, I, I work with children with uh, behavior. What? Ma? Ah, okay. Eh, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then they like go and get me the next family member. They're like, yeah, he speaks English, right? And I'm like, so then I'm like, by the time I get through like seven family members, it's like, finally Eliran walks in the room, but Eliran barely spoke English before too. So I don't know how it worked, but I totally hear that. And it's like, trying to explain something but then it's like all right i'm which this brings me into another topic kind of why it's so important to give our kids communication this is i know i'm jumping around today but but not just kids any 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 anyone because i i think about my brother a lot you know who you know is special needs and you know he's been said to have autism but he definitely has a intellectual disability but he'll say something sometimes and we can't understand it. And I'm like, what call? Sorry, what are you saying? And he says something and he say it again. And then like he gets frustrated and he stops. And I think that is a perfect example of just what why we do what we do to provide these individuals. Because I think like how frustrated I get with his family. And I'm like, by the end of it, I'm like over explaining that I do behavior. I don't care what they think I do. I told them like, I, I'm a doctor of little kids, you know, like at the end is like the only word I can say in Hebrew. So I'm like, doctor, kids. Yeah, good, good. You know, like whatever. Um, but, and I, I just think that kind of brings up if someone were to ask what we do, it's like we provide someone with the ability to like not have to have these frustrations in life anymore or these things that we just take for granted like, oh yeah, it's just happened. You just learn it as you get older. Some people don't, you know, certain things. And so we have this amazing skill to break complex tasks or behaviors down and give someone a meaningful outcome in life. That's my thoughts, bringing back full circle. Yeah, into like social validity and like social significance, right? Like that's that's what it's all about is, you know, what's important for that person. There may be individuals that, you know, at least in my experience, you know, working more toward like the educational, you know, applied setting, um, you know, that method of communication is typically, you know, what is most needed. And if it's not, then it's other things that are socially significant for that person. Um, and, you know, what's going to help them the most in the future, you know, maybe it is, you know, self management skills, maybe, 
um, you know, advocacy or, you know, manding as we call it or requesting um, is pretty strong, but there are other skills that, you know, might be lacking. And that's a cool thing too, like even about just the study of behavior, you know, thinking back to like Skinner and, you know, or even like way back when just looking at, like you can go as far back as Pavlov and be like, you know, it was really interesting to see that somebody was interested into why something could make something else happen. Sometimes I feel like I say that. Yeah. Right. I feel like sometimes if I have to really break down like behavior analysis, I'm like something makes something else happen. Mm -hmm. And I study why. So one of my favorite, favorite applied socially significant, like changing lives for the better is, um, I think everyone knows I come from working with adults and a parent came to me, um, and was like, her daughter was, um, in her mid twenties. Um, and she was like, I was like, what do you, what do you guys want to work on? Like, what are some goals that you guys have? And she's like, you know what? She's like, I never really thought of this, but my son who just got home from college kind of came to me and my husband and was like, you know, I'm just so angry that we've never been able to go out to dinner as a family because her, the daughter's behaviors were just too severe. And I was like, oh my God. Like, and she's like, going out to dinner seems like a very normal thing to do as a family. And they'd never been out to dinner ever, not even to get like a takeout, like she, they, cause she couldn't. And so I started working on some like, um, like, you know, tolerance, being able to tolerate, whether it's being in an, uh, a new environment, um, checking Waiting. out, to make sure the environment was conducive to her knowing there's a bathroom right away, right there. That's a safe spot for her. Um, and also teaching her behavior that like, Hey, we can, we're going to go in, you give me the card that car before you engage in those problematic behaviors, we're out of here. And we did that over and over and over. And we'd slowly build up how long we were in the restaurant until she was able to sit and have a meal. And it was like the biggest, you know, her parents were like, crying that like they and were like you've tried we'll go with you the first couple times right because they were like so nervous and now they were able to go out to dinner and like that is why I do what I do like I'm like that is a life-changer thing and something that is so taken for granted by everyone right such a simple thing so taken for granted until you work was that when you're like Oh my God, I, until something is taken from you in any sense or you come into contact with that contingency yourself again like those few weeks I was freaking out that I thought my voice was like completely going away and I couldn't talk and you girls know I need to talk. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I have this totally different understanding. So. Well, if that doesn't give you guys a little insight into what a behavior analyst is, what we do, we tried to break it down um, and make it relatable as always. But anyone listening that's like, oh, these bitches are so funny, but I really still don't know what they do. <laughs> or if you're listening and you do do what we do and you're like, yeah, I'm talking to talk to um, Jordan, you are awesome. And we're just we have a lot of topics for Jordan coming on. She loves verbal behavior. I mean, literally, she even looks like Skinner with the glasses she wears. So we will definitely have Jordan on talking about, and they even transition. And I have a feeling like Skinner's <laughs> transition lenses. Okay, they're very trendy. Can They're from Warby Parker. This is not a plug for Warby Parker. This is just that. Jordan, literally. <laughs> we don't even have the sponsors, but Jordan has created a list of them. Yeah. Today. No, I, I like them from Warby Parker because they transition and. Uh, Less response they, effort. They're cool. They are like are they big circle glasses. They are. I can't see. So wait, I, can I get Warby Parker's without 
prescription. Yeah, you can. This oh is God. still not an ad. Okay. The <laughs> long story short, the reason I got transition lenses just to, you know, put it out there is I was wearing contacts. Here's my intervention on myself. And I realized how much money I was spending a month in quarantine wearing contacts. And I was like, well, I'm not making contacts with any human really like outside of my house. So maybe instead of spending, I don't know, a bunch of money every six months to keep reordering these contacts, I should just get glasses that when I go outside to walk the dog, I don't go, you know, squinting and not be able to not see. Not to so. mention you have eye protection during COVID. You're not sticking your fingers oh, in right. your eyes. This is, yeah. I mean, this is all wonderful. See, we have to count the silver linings going on during COVID. Okay, guys, this is very important. And they're very yeah. cool looking. They're circular. And so but don't when, worry, we will post a close up <laughs> picture of Jordan on Instagram. So everyone knows what glasses we are talking about. Don't you worry. You guys need to look for Jordan coming near you soon on your computer at C with CEUs. <laughs> Jordan, thank you for coming on. You'll be on very soon. I promise you we have a lot of topics we want to cover. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being a good friend. Thanks for being so smart and always answering our questions when we have issues with something that we do not know. So thank you. And thanks for being yeah, so rule governed, yeah. just like me and organized so that you and I can like text on the side and be like, okay, yep, this is organized. Wonderful. Yeah. Great. <laughs> it's perfect. Thanks for having me. Love you guys. Um, can't wait to, you know, start teaching CEUs for everyone. Just everyone be patient, please. <laughs> With we'll on your way in yeah. reinforcement. It's fine. No, I'm patient. I'm I'm patient as ever, guys. So thank you so much, guys. You know where to find us. Find us at behaviorbitches.com on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast. On Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You can support us on patreon.com slash behavior bitches. And as always, love you. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started he records our shows he posts them he adds awesome awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing he sends us teaser episodes he does it all we just sit here and friggin' talk we shoot the shit and you can record from home your office the park a bathroom stall at work it doesn't matter he provides the complete podcast studio all you need is a microphone and you're good Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need super. him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. Mm -hmm.